Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Nathan Strager with Luxury Estates International here and Coldwell Banker West in San Diego. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about how to create a diversified investment port portfolio. And it was really hard to get him in here, but I have a really good friend slash mentor slash small business owner operator. Yeah. His name is Adric Akupi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming in yeah. this morning. I know it's early in my office. You know, realtors, they don't roll out of bed till around eight or nine. So yeah. we try and hit these up before they start coming in. Um, Adric has really helped me as a mentor and a friend in my businesses. I would call him uh, as I would start businesses and stuff like that. And he would go, hey, look, you know, uh, do this, try this, et cetera, et cetera. Really helped me in diversifying my businesses and growing my businesses and he has a ton a ton of knowledge uh his family owns a small business for how many years um it's going on 21 years now yeah so yeah. he's he's uh he's got yeah. a lot of experience and i really wanted to bring him in, in here to really pick his brain on you know creating a diversified investment portfolio so tell us about yourself and what do you do um so I've been living in Las Vegas now since 1994. Um, originally born in Iran, but moved to California in 1990 when I was about seven years old. And um, went to California for about a couple years. And then my father found a business in Las Vegas um, that he invested in with his buddies. And we ended up moving here to Vegas. And I've been here pretty much ever since. So. Went to school here, went to college here, and just been hanging out. <laughs> and how did your dad or family get into the industry? Like what made them get into that industry? Well, at first, my my father, um, he got into the truck stop business at first. So back in 94, him and his um, investment partners invested in the truck stop known today as Travel Centers of America, which is across a sh across the street off of Blue Diamond and oh, the 15. I had no idea. Yeah. That's exactly what that's Yeah, like. yeah. It's super busy all yeah, the time. Yeah, super busy all the time. Back then, it was known as Unical 76. Okay. Um, my, my dad and his buddies had invested in it. The business was going sour, so my dad and his partners put money into it and basically increased EBITDA. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, they increased EBITDA. They got it back working, and um, they sold it back to Travel Centers of America, and that was my dad's real first venture into small business. Um, after he got done selling that in '97, '98, my dad looked elsewhere and discovered the dry cleaning business around 2000 ish, 2001, and ended up obtaining that here in town. Um, we have two locations, Saharan Fort Apache, Saharan Cimarron. Um, once he did that, we've just been utilizing the dry cleaning industry. So, so the, for those that don't know what <laughs> EBITDA is, can you explain? Yeah, it's um, earnings before um, <laughs> earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, and amortization. Um, basically, it's your bottom line um, after everything is all said and done. Um, that is a very important number to put forth when you are running a business. Um, after all your expenses, you, you have to make money at the end of the day. Right. And there are a lot of 
ways to do that. There are a lot of strategies and resources that you need to put in place. And it's really important that you understand the industry that you're in in order to capitalize on your investment. I think a lot of people start a small business, and I, and I use this, this analogy a lot. You can be the best plumber in the world, the absolute best yeah. plumber. But if you can't, and you're going to go, well, I'm the best plumber, I'm great at everything, I'm going to treat people right, blah, 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 blah. But running a business, but you know, let's say that plumber goes and creates a plumbing company, running a business is completely opposite than actually doing the job. And having that knowledge of, you know, EBITDA or the bottom line or whatever it is, extremely, extremely important. Because before you know it, you're broke, you know, you, 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 you have to make money. Yeah, yeah, the challenge is people come up with such great ideas on what they want to do. But the problem is the execution. Um, where are you? Where do you want to be? And how do you get there? It's one of the things I learned at UNLV going to business college. And, I, and, I, and that really struck me and that really hits me each and every day. And I think the issue that most people have is they have all these great ideas, but they don't know how to generate income from it. Right. And there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So you're, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of planning and execution and i remember one thing you had mentioned is service you know like giving good service to people and not just being super knowledgeable about your product and service that's just one side of it another side is establishing service i know a lot of people that are um they're not the best at what they do but their service is so good it overtakes that you know so being able to be personable and looking at current events and what you're doing is what's what makes it happen so i think service is extremely important i even yeah. had a, a new agent call me yesterday and say hey i had this guy i have this guy who just reached out and he wants to buy a four million dollar high rise blah blah and he was you know he's he's kind of new and i told him look you can call me anytime 24 7 i'm here to help you whatever you need right so i think service is really important yeah uh so to talk about a diversified portfolio you've 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 been a small business operator, your family, and you, you're, you have, you know, you're, you have other things going on. Yeah. How important is it to have? So you're super savvy in business. How important is it to have a diversified portfolio? Whether it's real estate, stocks, crypto. Now there's NFTs. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's important to? stick with one thing okay i'm good at real estate i'm just going to invest in real estate and do rentals or airbnbs or flips or do you think it's important to have a little bit of money in the stock market or have a little bit of money in crypto or i mean how do you feel about all that i mean i think a lot of it depends on what your risk tolerance is and how much risk you're willing to take in order to um, potentially make a lot of money or potentially lose a lot of money right. um, so a lot of it depends on how frugal are you um, there's people out there that I know that are super into the whole crypto thing and right. they they're, they're fine with it but then there's people that are super frugal that are just very conservative with their money and they just keep it in in safe spaces so you just got to ask yourself the question where do i see myself in the next 10 or 15 years or what 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 is it that makes me feel comfortable there's some people that they feel comfortable just making x amount of money and they're good with it and there's some people that want to 
be a billionaire <laughs> or a millionaire by age 40 or 50 or, or whatever the case is, you know? Me personally, I just want to be comfortable. I'm not looking to make all the money in the world. I'm just looking to be comfortable and I just looking to live within my own, within my own habitat. So um, it just depends on where they want to see themselves at. You know, my 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 parents or my yeah, well my my parents, um, I think they have money in like a, like an IRA or something and they make two yeah. percent or three percent. And I'm like, I mean, inflation goes up more than two, three percent, right? Yeah. So, but for them, like you said, it's safe. Yeah. And they can make something. And my mom's always like, we made this over 20 years. And I'm like, okay, you know, but my appetite, I'm, I'm a risk taker, as you know, because yeah. I really, I really uh, leaned on you, you know, about my business ventures and things like that. And so, but you know, you have to take risks if, yeah. if, if you want to make money. I have a friend of mine, his name is Joe, and he's like, he's heavy in the stock market, like millions. And he's like, ah, oh, I, lost, I lost 500 grand so far this year. I'm, I'm like ready to throw <laughs> up in my mouth, right? I just got sick. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> and so, um, but then I'll ask him, you know, maybe four, four or five months later, like, hey, how are you? Oh, I am up a half a million. You know, but, and I have another, another client, his name is Sean, I won't say his last name, but I mean, he'll pull 500 grand out of his pocket and checks and, and, but he has enough money. The thing about it is, is that for him to invest it, and I remember him telling me this, for him to invest a million to make even 10%, it's a hundred grand. That's a lot of money. That's more than most people's incomes, you know? So yeah. it's like you said, the, the risk tolerance how big is your is your risk tolerance you know it's really hard to make your first million you know and for the people who do that kudos to them right it's really really hard to make your first million um it's it's interesting with my dad because he's a huge risk taker when it comes to purchasing a small business investing in a small business doing his own small business okay. but when it comes to other avenues of just simple money or simple interest he's like no i'm not i don't want to do that right. like oh the rates you know not that great but he wants to put himself into a higher risk and potentially make even more than that but there's something to be said for that and there's admiration to be said for that as well i completely agree yeah and so my next question is you know look a lot of people aren't entrepreneurs or not risk takers but they do want to get ahead, you know? So for somebody that's working a nine to five, how would you advise them or just give advice as to how they can start investing um, at all, no matter what it is? I mean, you gotta find a niche in the market or you have to find an industry right now that is working, whether we're in a recession or whether the market is doing great. And you have to find that opportunity. And unfortunately, sometimes things that are passion don't pay the bills. Right. So you have to find that certain niche where you think there's going to be some opportunity there. Lately, I've been hearing the whole, they call it mocktails, mocktails, like non-alcoholic beverages right. are the next big thing. Really? Yeah, where... Um, a lot of these bartenders and whatnot are creating these like creative like fruit type of drinks 
that are getting attention, you know, because not everybody likes to drink and not everybody who likes to go out likes to have alcoholic beverages. So now what they're doing is they're coming up with like these creative cocktail mocktail type things and people like it you know it's just starting and it's just beginning and that's an example of oh maybe that's a niche that i can possibly get into or maybe i can get into this niche um another thing is you have a lot of people that are into these so-called side hustles where they're working their nine to five jobs and then after five o'clock they go into their side hustle and whatever that may be and they're just kind of planting the seed and planting and planting and planting. And then once it blows up, maybe that side hustle takes their full-time job. And now they're starting to reap upon the dividends that they've, they've done. So it's a 24-hour process. You know? Un, you know, unfortunately, we have our nine to five that we have to focus on. And then we have our other side hustle or whatever it is that we want to do on the side. And it's, it's, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of hours. I feel like these days nobody has just one job now everybody has two jobs sometimes even three jobs just to keep up with either their bills or wanting to do other things or wanting to encompass other areas of of their life so that's the best advice that i can give and i think you know five ten years ago there wasn't uber or airbnb or they were just starting yeah and absolutely you know everybody has the opportunity to go side hustle and you know whether it's you know uber uh uber eats postmates you know and even for airbnb you don't have to buy the property you could actually go lease a property make sure you negotiate with the landlord that hey i am going to airbnb this i'll give you a cut of it i'm experienced in airbnb and it enables you to have that side hustle without having to purchase that actual home yeah no risk necessary right they're subleasing to potential tenants to stay there for a night or two or whatever the case may be so even in this in this market um there's plenty of opportunities you know plenty plenty of opportunities i think i think millionaires and billionaires make the most money in a down market yeah because they see opportunity people struggle things like that new operators new you know homeowners whatever the case may may be and when things struggle you know people don't save enough i just talked about saving um during the bad times because there are going to be bad times you never know what's going to happen yeah yeah i think it's incredibly important about the saving money and putting money away if you can for your for your retirement it gets so difficult because the the people that you're around with sometimes buy these luxurious items or nice cars or whatever it is and and you want to be part of that as well but you don't know what they're doing or what their life story is and maybe they don't even have anything left for retirement they're just they're just going all at it at once while you yourself are putting money away for retirement or future or in down markets and what we're going through now i think to kind of touch on this briefly before I go to the next one, but I think with social media, everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, and yeah. that's the. I, I did a video on that a couple weeks ago, I think, um, and said, "Look, don't buy that Rolex. Don't buy that, you know, top seven forty, yeah, W, you know, each whatever it is. Just yeah. live within your means." And I've dealt with a lot of millionaires, and I know you have as well. Yeah. 
because I, I know being a, a small business owner, you know a bunch of other small business owners, right? Um, and some of the guys that, that I know that are clients or even friends that have a lot of money, they're very frugal. They, they roll up in a Honda, a, a, a Toyota Camry with you know Velcro shoes, and you would never know that they're you know eight figure guys yeah and but they're they live within their means they still take vacations take care of their families but they're not they don't need an ap or or richard meal on their wrist <laughs> or something like yeah. that like come on like i i see some of these watches that are like a half a million dollars a million dollars and i'm like it's a freaking watch man are you kidding me i could buy a house with that you know and gain income so that's an, that's another you could. You could buy a nice fake, and they wouldn't even. A lot of it wouldn't even notice the difference. Man, it, it took me a lot to buy a nice watch, and I only did it when I knew it wouldn't hurt me. You know, yeah. like the market could crash and it wouldn't hurt me. But yeah. it took many, many years, um, and that until I felt comfortable. But you know, social media is social media. Right? It's it's really hard. You know, it's really hard. But you have to have that thing in you to say i don't need this yeah. like it's do i really have a need for this or it's not what defines you right? yeah um so where do you see the economy i mean obviously nobody has a crystal ball right yeah but where do you see the economy going in 2023 um you know i think right now we're going through maybe some type of you know opportunity here correction here so i think we're gonna weather the storm and then I think 24 is going to be great. So, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually agree. I think yeah. we're in, we're in a correction period. I don't think it'll drop like it did in 06, 07, 08. Cause that was just a different time. Yeah. I think lenders are a lot have learned from that. Now, you know, you can't just, they're not just giving loans based off credit scores Yeah, and things are dropping, but they're not dropping drastically and they're kind of starting to actually level off a little bit. So, in having a family business for many years and yeah. having that experience, what uh, um, do you? What advice would you give for someone that's working a nine to five and might want to not invest in real estate or the stock market, but might want to buy a business? Um, know your industry. Okay. Um, there's a lot of information out there. Okay. Um, there's a really um, there's a nonprofit called the Small Business Development Corporation, um, and you can find out free information and statistics about the type of business that you want to um, invest in potentially. So, say there's a plumbing business that I want to potentially buy, you could find out information about how many houses are in that demographic that you want to you know potentially have a plumbing business at like our plumbers you know is, is the business doing great is it not doing great have they shut down a lot what's the opportunity with it so the small business development center has a lot of information about it um but really understand what you're going to get yourself into i think a lot of people who want to potentially invest in a small business think they can just be some some type of like passive investor and not really get into it but it's a 24 7 operation i know my brother and um, my older brother and my dad have worked their tails off to put the cleaners to where it's at today um and that's 20 years later 20 years later where you know it's not built overnight 
um, was that saying Rome wasn't built in a day, right? right? So it wasn't built overnight. It's a lot of time and excruciating costs to your family and your friends. You know, you you live, breathe, and die your your business every day, and you want to get it to a point potentially where you're making a lot of money from it. And you're and, not working the business; you're a business owner. Yeah. You, and it's and it's hard to get to that point. It really yeah. is. And I think people just don't understand. You know, they think, oh, I have this, and people tell me I'm great at it. But you know, yesterday I was, I was working, and it's on a Sunday, right? And I'm answering, yeah. I'm answering social media messages on another one of my businesses, and I would love. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I would love to have somebody work in the weekends where I don't have to answer these messages. But I don't want to not answer it because it's it's business. Somebody that's contacting you, right? Yeah. So I think it's it's really important. Um, so I have a question for you. Yeah. Is it better to invest in an existing business um, or is it better to start from the ground up? <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> that's a tough question. It's, right? That's a tough question. Um, I, think, I think an existing business helps a lot. Um, and the reason is, is you know their numbers you know where they're at you know is is this type of business having you know marketing like what's this business doing what's the um yelp reviews of it or google reviews of it um you you just have a better understanding of what's going on and the and the numbers don't lie when you can see that when you start up your own business um and it goes back to what i say you're starting something that is you, either your product or service is it, it's just different from what all these other people are doing um and it's hard to get into that space depending on what you want to do but we've seen a lot of successes with startup businesses that go from nothing to this huge just huge thing personally i just feel comfortable in an existing business but um startup businesses and doing it from scratch is it's it's rewarding i think it's just as rewarding as buying an existing business so i think there's uh pluses and minuses to both right yeah starting a new business it's your baby you started it you're cleaning the toilets you're yeah. doing everything um if you have the luxury to buy an existing business they've already put in the sweat equity and built a brand or you hope they built a brand um, and you know, you hope that they filed their taxes based off of real numbers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what you're getting is actual what it is. Um, so how much, how much capital do you think is needed to start a business? Um, me personally, because I've started businesses, I think it's two years of, of expenses. I know that's a lot, but starting a new business is just like grueling. Yeah, I think two years is a good way to is a good way to go at it. Um, depending on what type of business you're looking to get into, but yeah, I think I think two years is a pretty good standard of expenses, and you got to have a lot of savings you do. aside for moments where you think it's gonna. <laughs> you just don't know. You just I don't mean, know, and, and and nobody knows you. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, I, I built rhythms, and it's to me, it's the nicest event center in Vegas because it's so modern and the nicest studio. And I thought, oh, it's so beautiful. It's going to be like um, Field of Dreams, where there's just going to be people, you know, around the corner. And it took us five years, four years 
to get to the point where people even knew that we were there. And I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. People are just going to come. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. And I think a lot of people get, because I see a lot of small business owners where they do so much social media and they just think it's as easy as just putting your face on social media and having a bunch of followers and calling it a day and your business is just going to grow and expand from there. And it's not, and it's not just that. And when people look at that, they think like, man, these small business owners have a lot of time on their hands because all they're doing is (laughs) putting themselves on social media every day. And you kind of question what they do. Like, why do you have so much time to do social media every day? Like, why aren't you going to networking events or, you know, events related to your industry? You know, we have the convention center here in town where there's always some type of thing going on. And they're just so stuck on the whole Facebook and Instagram. And they just think like it's that easy and they can just increase their revenue by doing that. But it just takes so much more willpower than just that. I think it takes time and I think it takes uh, word of mouth. Either yeah. you're gonna have walking good commercials or walking bad commercials because yeah. people are gonna say, "Oh, I had such a great experience here," whether it's a car wash or it's a restaurant or whatever, or I had a really bad experience, and people are, and people are gonna hear those reviews, good or bad, and think, "Oh, I want to go try this spot," or mm, probably not, right? Yeah. So, you know, today I want to talk about a diversified portfolio, and we always speak about real estate, stock market, things like that, but. You being a small business owner and your family coming, I didn't know about the the truck the, yeah. the truck stop, which was great. Um, and I think it's important for people to know. And you know, you talked about side hustles. I think it's important for people to know that a diversified portfolio is. It, I think it's. I think having a small business or a side hustle or both, or developing into a big company, um, is a great option. You know, I have a friend of mine named uh, Jaime Gomez, and he started Signal Fire. And he just sold his company for I can't say how much, but it took him 18 years to sell it. But he started off in, in, in his in his garage, you know. Yeah. So they all started in their garage. We all do, <laughs> right? Um, so to kind of wrap up, um, tell everyone something that maybe something about yourself that nobody knows. Um, I've been learning Spanish now. Okay. Going on three years. Three years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I decided that, you know, I finally want to get this Spanish thing going. And I took a private instructor for two years, um, about twice a week. Um, and now I, I do it online. Um, you gave me that (laughs) website where I do it online. Now, um, I have an instructor there and, I just keep doing it. So it's, yeah, it's going on three years in April and that's even hard. You know, it's, it's, it's challenging, but you know, it's just repetition, just showing up and showing up and showing up. And I I put myself a goal to do it for at least five years to see if I can perfect the language to some degree. So, you know, you just have to speak it. So as you know, I've been dancing for 20 something years and I'm around Latinos all the time. Yeah. And the first God knows how many years I would just only speak one or two words. And and I started making a conscious effort. Um, and I gave you verbling, verbling, verbling. Yeah. And, um, I had the the same instructor, um, help me, help me out with Eduardo. Eduardo. Eduardo was amazing. Yeah. Um, Such a calm, patient guy. He's like, you know, and he really helped me. And I need to go back. Uh, But you know, if you don't, if you don't at least try and speak it, 
then it's it's it gets harder but you know if, if you just try you know and yeah you know i get my friends they look at me and go what are you trying to say and i go well i'm trying to say this, <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't translate you know yeah you try and think about english and you try and translate it exactly it is in spanish and then and then you know there's different types of spanish you have mexican spanish you have Dominican, que lo que, and then yeah. Cuban, ascetic, or what, you know, it's just so many different There's dialects. a there, There's a lot. There's a lot. My first professor, she's a sweetheart. Um, she's from Ecuador, uh -huh. and um, she teaches it the Ecuadorian way, and now this professor I have is living in Mexico, right. so he's teaching me another way, which is good. You get a good understanding of, of both cultures, yeah. and you kind of just put it all in, but yeah, hopefully I get to perfect this thing or be close to it somewhat Ed, so Ed, eduardo is very proper he's always like usted always very yeah. formal with his spanish um so what are the names before i let you go yeah thank you for coming no thank you but um what are the names of the of of the dry cleaning business um crystal cleaners crystal cleaners um saharan Sahara, Sahara, Sahara fort apache and then um Canyon Gate Cleaners on Sahara and Cimarron. There you go. So, so the best cleaners in town. Yeah. Um, extremely experienced, uh, small business owner. Yeah. I thought speaking about a small, you know, diver diversifying the portfolio in a small business was extremely important. So thank you for yeah. coming so early on a Monday morning after a long weekend and talking. About oh, it's okay. It's okay. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Adric. Thanks. Thanks.